Alrighty, welcome to Romero Records Podcast. Today we have on... What up, what's shaking? Poe Chops and Bacon, it's your boy, man, Lucas, y'all. We in the building right here. So you all don't know this, but this is a redo <laughs> of a redo because technology sucks. Yeah, you know, I love technology, but sometimes it has its faults, you know. It's okay. <laughs> you know, I don't mind coming back. I love, I, yeah. I love talking. <laughs> We've had people. great conversations every time. I hate it for the world that they missed yeah. it, but y'all miss out on some 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 Easter eggs to different stuff. Now I'm gonna just keep my mouth shut. I've learned to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> so no, we're opening up the can of worms. You want to? <laughs> Should I? <laughs> we're oh, popping man. it open. We're oh, shotgunning man. it through the mouth. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you asked me about stuff we talked about last time. If you want. You know, oh, like whatever, okay, yeah. whatever makes you comfortable. I'm yeah. cool with it. You know, I have no remorse or no, I have no restraint. That's the better word for it. So, I really want to pick up like where we just left off, what we were just talking about with you and you know what you're doing with music. So, for those you don't know, the infamous Matt Lucas, uh, phenomenal rapper. I will go on record to say. He's probably in my top three, maybe top two favorite rappers in the city of Memphis. Uh, that's including every signed rapper and unsigned. Um, your your bars are great. Your delivery, uh, lyrics, everything. It's cool. it's it's amazing. So um, I do want to go into your creative process. Um, what you like to do, the type of music you like to do, mm-hmm. uh, what do you think is fun in music, and, and all that good stuff. Okay. As far as my creative process goes, um, what I like to do is I like to listen to uh, psych lectures by college professors. as guys that uh, do psych lectures uh, uh, at Stanford University. And they just get into like the human mind, and what I usually like to look up is uh, different things that like affect us today, current events, whatever how they affect us today. I won't get into the exact thing because I'm not going to give anybody my chicken secrets. <laughs> <laughs> but I like to get into uh, like what what makes us all tick collectively, and um, I figure out what those things are because like those are essentially like issues that we haven't collectively decided to figure out all together and what I like to do is just like pinpoint those triggers that make us say certain things or do certain things or react in certain ways or why we react in certain ways why we have those triggers why we do what we do I mean like having social media makes us do different things and like react different ways so like you know, I pinpoint those things. I ask questions while I'm listening to those lectures, and those questions turn into music, and I just write from there. Or I'll take from my life experience, uh, like certain events in my life, or some, or, or a conversation I've had with certain friends or something, and I'll just, I just start to write. You know, uh, I make it rhyme and make the style cool to make people want to, you know get into it so like you know it, it's uh it's it's pretty that's pretty straightforward but as far as like man like I, I i also like to have fun i don't like it to be so preachy because preaching this could turn people off i was gonna say something else but i'm gonna relax i'll say, <laughs> I'll say that's what happened with j cole i feel like ah. he became kind of preachy um i really think it started with the um what is it the 
It was something to do with kids were on the cover of his KOD. KOD. Yeah. I think it really started with that album. It fucked with people because they weren't ready to accept that, like, bro, like too many kids are like using drugs and like too fucking trolly, essentially. They do things for clout. They do things. So they're like, hey, look at me, I'm doing drugs. Hey, look at me. I'm beating up this motherfucker on on Instagram. Hey, look at me. Or like, you know, whatever. Like they always do, it's always they always choose the negative shit to focus on as far as like what they're into and what they like to do all that kind of stuff and it's just really weird man like it's a weird time like when i grew up like when i was growing up the way things kind of went excuse me sorry the way things kind of went was that like man you know like you get in a fight with a motherfucker like you gotta shake hands after like y'all dap up whatever it is there's like a mutual respect amongst both of you guys and people don't understand that. Like, they don't understand it anymore. It's like, people don't even fight anymore. They're ready to shoot a motherfucker. Mm. And that's weird to me. I think you know? so. <laughs> I, I'm, I, li- I grew up in Hickory Hill, and I watched my whole neighborhood change from, like, being something that was very much like Cordova, where we had restaurants, and we had grocery stores, and we had, we had a whole mall and all that kind of stuff. And I watched... Um, you know, there's a um, there are government documents based here and within the state that they enforced that made people from different areas moved in. They tore down the projects and essentially it was like, all right, these people from the projects don't have anywhere to live now, so we got to throw them wherever we can. So mm. Hickory Hill was like one of those target places or whatever. And then simultaneously while that was happening, Hurricane Katrina happened. And I know this because a lot of my cousins and family, you know, came down around that same time. And the crime wave from the mix of New Orleans and like Memphis from them tearing down the projects, like it, it meshed together, you know. And that's why the East Side be turned up because the East Side, you have this element also. East Side was ready to prove themselves. When you go to a club and they like, North, everybody from North say North, and everybody from the South say South. But like, you know, from the East Side, nobody was yelling out the East Side and giving them no recognition. People felt like they were ready to prove themselves. Mm. So you had that, plus the Memphis shit, plus the New Orleans shit. And then you have a recipe for disaster. Look what happened, you know? Yeah, it's um, it's a big issue with different cultures and people from different backgrounds and just trying to see like how they can mesh and and how people can stand out and mm-hmm. I, I think it's it's pretty interesting where Memphis is set up. Mm-hmm. I mean the whole north, south, east, west like it's we don't acknowledge West Memphis. Yeah, it's we, a wonderland. It's, it's, we don't <laughs> It's like you're, it's like you're in Arkansas when you say West Memphis. I mean, there really is a West Memphis in, and you know in Arkansas. What's crazy, like it's probably in the motherfuckers in West Memphis. Like they don't recognize us. Like, we have to turn up, just like the East Side here. You know what I'm saying? Like it happens like that. You know? History repeats itself. Yeah, history repeats itself. So like I don't know. We might have West 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 Memphis motherfuckers like turned up. We'll see. <laughs> Most people who are involved with the rap scene understand the North and South thing. Sorry, is it? A, you can cut yeah, yeah, you're good. Okay, you're good. Thanks. <laughs> um, what was let's see, what what was Dolph from? Dolph was from uh, South Memphis. He's a South. Okay, yeah, Dolph was from South Memphis. Man, that was a that was a dark, that was a dark ass day. I had an yeah. artist in the city that I was working with. I was like managing at the time, and like she had got here 
the day that he got murdered and she's from Florida and I was trying to she she was like, Why everybody so like, you know, why does it matter this much? It's not it's not important. Rapid dials time like you don't understand what this person meant to us, mm. what he represented to us, what he gave for us. Like it's just and and like when you think about somebody like Dolph, he didn't have no sexual scandals or no crazy stuff going on. He had like little rap beef, but that wasn't shit. Mm-hmm. We didn't know who his wife was, who his children were, what they looked like hardly, because he kept his private life separate from his celebrity. Mm. And I think that's really important. I respected that a lot. And like, man, people don't understand, bro. Like, that was such a huge loss. It's a really huge loss, man. It's not fair. Yeah, it it really showed me like how people view like certain people in the city. And then I found out a lot more about what he really did like in, in the city of Memphis. Um, I've heard that he had a lot of real estate and was given the real estate to his kids for like their birthday and stuff like that. He was yeah. doing a lot of big things. Let's see, like, man, it's almost like you have to die to get that kind of recognition. Mm-hmm. It's all only thing the weirdest things I find um is that like people only want to give you your flowers when you die. Yeah. Here especially cuz you know people be in all kinds of stuff. But people know who these people are. They they they're your neighbors. They they work with you. You know, you see them out and about trying to Make make a make a living for themselves or whatever, and like you know, you have your perceptions of them, mm-hmm. and then like you know yourself your your perceptions override who they truly are, and I just don't like that, man. Like I feel weird even now. Like I feel like there are people who will say crazy stuff to me even today, you know, and talk about me crazy. And I sometimes like the way I move about in life is like, who I wonder if these people are gonna show up at my funeral mm. and be crying super hard. Oh man, it was such a good life making weird Facebook posts. But I'm like, man, I got I got text messages and voicemails and 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 Facebook posts that was like subbing me and mm. and weird like you know sub tweets all that kind of stuff that was all about me. But you but you. Your heart was was was, you know, you was all about me when I was here, living and breathing. Like I mean, like so, I I just try not to take that stuff too seriously anymore. I don't, you know, I I was I was I was a very much a person that uh, that ve- I don't say I I I cared. I definitely cared, but like I had a uh, different view of the way I thought things were. Mm-hmm. But then people will show you, you know, eventually. I, I hate to be so dark and morbid, but, you know, you'll see, like, if you live long enough. And, like, you know, a lot of these people are bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and very excited to get started and all this stuff, you know. And they, they feel this sense of community when they get involved with other people that's doing the same thing that they do. Yeah. For me, I tend to shy away from those things because I understand that, like, you know... Those people aren't your family for real. Your family is the only thing that really matters, and you have to make sure that your family's taken care of. And they will impose the ideal 
or the fantasy of family mm-hmm. onto you to get whatever they need from you. And I'm not with that, you know? So, you know, and, and, and then, then that's when the, the tears start when you, when something terrible happens to you or whatever, they don't give a shit about you. Like you can look at your likes and, and do a poll from there from before something terrible happened to you and then after it and you persevere, then they're like, oh yeah, yeah, that's my dog. Or you make it and like, that's my dog. That was my dog. Or they don't fuck with you, but they know of you and then you pass away or something. They're like, no, that's my dog, bro. He was my partner. I knew him. And they got all these fucking fantasized stories about you. Mm -hmm. I think that's so weird, man. I had to get away from that. Yeah, something you were talking about, uh, something I thought about recently, and it was like a funeral is like the one of the most important events you could witness about yourself that you can't actually go to. Exactly. And like I would love to know who who's going to show up at my funeral and you know all that kind of stuff, and but it's like you, you're not even going to be there. So I've seen some dark things, man. My cousin got killed. Um, Sorry, man. My cousin got killed years ago. He was trying to make a way for himself. He was trying to build his own barbershop. And um, found out his cousin killed him on the other side of the family. Oh, dang. He was at the funeral and everything. We saw him. And, like, that funeral really took me for a ride because, like, my my cousin was a hustler in South Memphis. He was he was from another part of you know the city, and but he was but he you know made his bones in, in South Memphis. And a lot of people knew him from hustling in South Memphis. Showed up to the funeral and and spinners and clean ass cars and all this stuff. And like my family was like kind of afraid because we we're not like that. My fam my family is like. It's almost like a fairy tale. Like, you know, mm. we're very close. All my cousins are close. All my family's close. My brother and sister, we don't never have, we don't think me and my brother ever had a fist fight before. You know, like we're we're a different kind of people. And to see like my cousin be into shit like that and like, you know, after he got killed and see all these people that were there at this funeral, it was very like taxing to see like all these people, I guess, on my mom and my aunts and my uncles and all that stuff to see, like, all these people that were there that we never met before. You know, all these hustlers and drug dealers and pimps and prostitutes and all this kind of stuff at my cousin's funeral. And it scared them so much, we couldn't even sit in the church mm. on the front pews where we were supposed to be because they were so terrified. We had to sit in the back of the church in the kitchen somewhere and listen in on my own cousin's funeral. And the person who killed him was at the funeral. That's so crazy, dude. I heard whispers and rumors of, of this shit. Like, you know, and it was just to feel that. And I was like, I think I was like 21 years old at this time. It, it really took me for a spin. And I realized, I think that was my first time realizing, bro, like, you just you just never know. You yeah. just gotta watch your back. You gotta watch out for people. You know. Have you ever heard Tony's story by Meek Mill? No, you know what's crazy? 
I think my favorite song is "Night uh, Dreams and Nightmares" by Meek Mill. Yeah. Probably like I I read I, I listen to it over and over again. But um, I just I was like I've been going on this journey of re-listening to Meek Mill music, mm-hmm. but I couldn't call it his music. But what was about it? Tony's story is about a guy who I think he was a drug dealer or whatever, mm-hmm. and like it was either his family member or his cousin or or um, good friend or something ends up killing him, and mm-hmm. he um somebody else that's within their like group or whatever gets like a girl to start getting close to the guy who he thinks killed him. And then she gives him the information on where that guy lives. And then he ends up setting him up and like at the funeral, the guy who killed him was at the funeral and was carrying the casket and Meek Mills describing the story. He says, um, he's carrying the casket um, even looked like, um, oh, he said when he started burying him, it looked like he was trying to bury him faster. Mm. And I was like, whoo, meek. I'm telling you, bro, these stories exist. And you know, like, it's weird because, like, we have these kinds of stories. I'm finna get into this. Fuck it. We have these kinds of stories, and uh, people want to talk so much about mental health. And then they also want to bash a lot of black men for like not seeking help or whatever. But like these stories are way more traumatic than we like to express. Mm. Like I have real trauma behind seeing things like that. Looking at the look, it, you know, like what it, it's not the stories that make you traumatic. It's not the experiences of like going to my cousin's funeral and us having to be in a kitchen that traumatizes you. It's the look in your mother's eyes that she can't see her nephew one last time mm. that traumatizes you. It's those cries, the screams that you hear from getting that news. This is the person that you thought would be here forever is not here anymore and never coming back. Yeah. Like it's, you know, and like we all we all definitely should seek help for that. But these things are, you know, these are people that, you know, are walking around, walking about that you saying are ain't shit on the internet that you saying don't mean anything to you or you don't need them at the same time. And they walking around with this chip on their shoulder. What are we supposed to do with that? Mm. How are we supposed to carry on with this sentiment that nobody wants us? And if we fucking die, then we have people, we, we can't even have our family around us when we're gone in the sense that we'd like to have them. I'd like to know that when I'm gone, my family would be in the same room with me and would be so terrified to be in the room with me because of the company that I kept or the or the people that hailed me as this great grand person or whatever. Y'all motherfuckers got to get out the way mm-hmm. for my family, the people that know me best. So, I don't know, man. I think about these things before I go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you know they were very dark thoughts, but this is this is a dark time for me, and, it, and it's not dark in the sense that it's that I'm not um, that I can't handle it. Mm. It's just 
I guess when I'm whenever I'm in my writing phase, it gets very dark because I have to I have to search the darkest corners of my mind to like kind of express my points and go to places I don't like to go. And I experience or re-experience feelings that I haven't experienced in years. Mm. You know, I have to search for that shit. I have to search for that stuff and, and go I have to go deep. You know, so always I'm always curious um with artists and how difficult it is for them to have to so when you when you're putting a song together, number one, you're you're thinking about a story mm-hmm. and then you have to break down that story and then you have to explain that story to mm-hmm. people who have no idea what you're talking about. And I feel like that is like one of the hardest jobs. Cause like it's like being a teacher, like you're, you're teaching the, the people who are listening to you, like the pe- your audience is being taught by you. So to be able to do that, I've always thought is super impressive. Like the the artists who are storytellers, people like Meek Mill, like Nas, uh, Jay Z, like these these artists have usually developed a sense of storytelling. I I think it's is really interesting. It's um, <laughs> sorry, man. These stories are difficult to tell. They haunt you. You think about them a lot. And um, they're not easy to tell, you know. And um, <laughs> like I'm listening to Bruh downstairs, I can hear the the the, the bass tones and the music downstairs from Bro recording. I don't know what it took for him to feel whatever he felt to to write what he wrote, or the 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 obstacles he had to get through to to say whatever he had to say. But I understand it. I understand the anger and the pressure and the, the, you know, turmoil. I think that's the best word to say, turmoil, for um, for people to, to be brave enough to get it all off their chest. And it's very difficult, but... I feel like man, like whenever like artists get in there and say it and or whatever, like man, they we we connect with the with the audience, with the listeners, with the with the fans, whoever's listening. We just want people to hear us. And the fact that I think of it's like man, like thousands and thousands and thousands of artists doing the same thing that I do. I'm like man, we all dealing with that same turmoil, mm-hmm. you know. And I feel prideful in that way that like man like man like I'm I'm one of these thousands I'm one out of the few thousands the way I express 
um, myself and say what I have to say. Like, you know, you felt, you know, I'm in that top three, man. I don't feel that way sometimes. But, like, I feel like, man, I'm just one out of them thousands. Mm. I'm just like everybody else. You know, people express themselves in different ways. But, like, you know, I'm one of these people, like, I really like to understand not necessarily what I'm saying, but why I'm saying it. Mm-hmm. And um, I have to explore my mind. I have to explore <laughs> other people's theories on why my mind is the way it is. I have to explore. I have to listen to other music and listen to what they say and explore why they said what they said mm. or how they said what they said or why it connects to me specifically and pull from that and pull energy from that and then whenever i everything is is perfectly aligned as far as my lyrics my emotion my mental everything i explode but it's a controlled explosion. It's a mm. chemical explosion. It's a chemical reaction. It's a combustion. But it can be mathematically calculated into why I did or how I did what I did. I always look at somebody like Kendrick and like how he'll be like da 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 and then he'll just reach and he'll be like da 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 out of nowhere and you'd be like where did that come from <laughs> but like I don't know what made him want to do that yeah and I wonder these these are the questions I ask myself like why what made him want to do that mm. but that connects with a lot of people because Kendrick has it mm. <laughs> you see what I'm saying yeah so a lot of people can connect with that because I could definitely feel like I'm Bruce Banner sometimes where I'm just like I'm always angry. Arrgh! And just turn up, you know? Yeah. So I know, I know, I understand it. Sorry for the tears. No. <laughs> no, no need to be sorry. It takes me places, man. These questions, these are difficult to, to answer for me sometimes because I'm, I tend to be very hard on myself. I, I try not to show emotion, but showing it isn't, is very important sometimes. Um, and one of the most compelling videos I think I've ever seen is like by um, not music videos, but like just I, I can't remember. It was like Lupe talking to somebody, but they show these old clips when he was first trying to get on, and um, he was uh, talking about his mission, why he was doing what he was doing, and they cut back to him. He was. Crying, 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 crying. His voice was shaky. And I think that's kind of what I mean. Like, man, he, he what he said, it, it fucked me up. Like, he was like, bro, like, a lot of people that was in those videos of him where he was coming up, and he was, he was like, they not here no more. Mm. I see ghosts when I look at these clips. And then it fucked him up more because he was like, he thinks about all them little kids that was in the same predicament that's never going to make it out. Yeah. This is where my mind goes to when I write. I write for those children that I'm terrified and never going to make it out of that situation. Yeah. 
I think about, but more specifically to bring it home, I think I don't have any children. But I think about my niece and my nephew. How is this going to affect them in 10 years, the conditions that we're in now? Mm. I don't give a shit about these fucking stupid ass Facebook posts or Twitter posts or men are this and women are that and whatever, Kevin Samuels, blah, 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 bullshit. I don't care about that. I'm thinking about my niece and my nephew. And I just want to create a better universe for them. Fuck the world, a universe. So that's, that's how, you know. That's how I think about it. And, like, you know, I think that I almost feel like, man, if if, if artists, you know, I, I know that artists are here. Some artists are here for fun <laughs> and some are here to, like, educate and stuff. I don't know what I'm here to do. I just want to make people feel how I felt. If it makes them cry like I was doing a second ago, then fine. You've reach this place of understanding that I've reached and maybe you will do something about it mm. because I am only one person so if I had an army of people that felt the way I feel and I'm not an activist in any way but if this drives you to do something, moves you into action somehow good. Or if it just takes you from a negative realm to a positive realm, then good. If it's one person that I've done that to, I have accomplished my mission. Mm. I don't give a shit about fucking being on the radio. I don't give a shit about that. It'd be nice. It'd be cool. But I don't give a shit about that. I have other things to accomplish. And if my mission can reach, it's like church, it's like the Christian whatever. Like, you know, it's like, man, like, yo, this is about outreach. This is about whatever. People feel weird about Christianity. I'm going to just say this. People feel weird about Christianity, not because of the religion, but because of people. Mm. And sometimes people can hop on a religion or whatever and, like, say that, like, oh, well, people were killing people and chopping people's heads off in the Bible, and that was perfectly fine. But I'm like, bro, like, did you knock over vases when you were a child? <laughs> You know, did you curse somebody out when you were a child? Do you know better than to do that now? Okay, well, that's the Bible. People learn better. They know better and they do better. Sorry, I don't know where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Don't hit me. I'll hit you back. Fuck you, man. Lessons heard. Uh, um, but you were talking about Lupe. and. Mm-hmm. I love, like, still one of my favorite songs mm. all together, not even just from Lupe, but just one of my favorite songs is Hip Hop Saved My Life. Mm-hmm. Because that's a beautiful song. If you never heard Hip Hop Saved My Life by Lupe, please go look it up. Um, it was around that kick push era when Lupe was coming up. But, um, man, basically, the song he's talking about being a independent rapper trying to make it and he talks about um having a a woman in his life and they've got a kid mm-hmm. and i think he talks about like having to borrow her honda just so he could drive back and forth to the studio or mm-hmm. drive to dallas so he could get some studio time and get on the radio and all that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. he's just talking about the struggles mm-hmm. of trying to make it mm-hmm. like doing all these 
expensive things. When I say expensive, I mean when you only got $20 in your pocket and you're just trying to go out of town to do a show that you probably had to pay just to do the show. Yeah. And he's just talking about doing these things. And then finally one day, like he hears his music on the radio and is, that's just like his, his shiny moment was just that small thing. Like you could literally pay a radio station and get your mm-hmm. music on there. But he's, he's just talking about how he had to do all those things just to get to that one moment. And then he says like, you know, he, he wants to do all these things for his baby mama and family members once he makes it. Yeah. Because that's what he's thinking. He's thinking about... The people that I, matter. Yeah. I can open up so many doors for the people who are in my life and that really matter to me once I make it. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I think for me, like I, I, what I've been doing lately is I've been chipping away at the people that... It might sound mean, but like, you know, people that don't matter, that don't care as much about me so that I can assess who really matters, you know, so that I can do for them. And people don't understand that. Like, man, like, we do what we do to take care of our families, take care of our circle, make sure they can live and eat good in life. That's a really, like, compelling kind of feeling to feel, like, especially, like, man, like, after you made it, like, your song being on the radio, like, I remember my shit came on, bro. You could not control me. I was so happy. <laughs> man, I was so happy, like, you know, like, it was it was so, it was like, it was almost as if everything I worked for was leading up to that point. And I was so happy and... um there were people that didn't care and people didn't think, oh, whatever. But, like, I was like, man, like, I don't care. Like, y'all understand what this means to me. Like, it means I made a major milestone in my long journey of whatever mission that I'm going to complete mm. in, in, in this life as far as this journey is concerned. So, you know, um, people don't understand, bro. Like, this isn't a selfish kind of thing like people feel that way because you're in the limelight you're in the spotlight or that like you know like I always tell I always tell people people I do talk to I'm just like people think because I rep that I have a bunch of bitches and weed and liquor around it's a party 24-7 but it's not like me it's not like that it's like you know I'm just a person just like everybody else they think it's like that but I spend a lot of time by myself reading books Chilling, watching YouTube videos or watching movies. I love to watch movies or listening to albums straight through and stuff. You know, like, you know, I'm a really private person. Like, I try not to show my ass every every chance I get and try not to show my face. What I'm learning to do is not to show my face as much because, like, when you show your face too much, your value almost goes down Mm. as an artist. It's like, why would I pay twenty to thirty dollars to see you perform when I see you at the fucking grocery store? When I see you at when I see you at these shows and these events all the time. What do I have to see you for? You know? So like I just kinda stay away, you know, and it makes sense. I actually heard somebody else say that. I can't remember what his artist name was, but it made perfect sense to me. And it it resonated with me. I actually saw this video today. Um, you know, but it, it resonated with me. And I was like, this is exactly what I'm trying to do. Mm. We're trying to get people to understand. Like, y'all not going to see me unless it's on some shit like this. 
or or like man like i'm i'm performing or something you know you can't get to me that easily the only mm. people that can get to me are the people that really that i really have real communication with and they they want to see me do well and they want to see me elevate and that sometimes they work overtime to see that come into fruition so you know yeah all right, we're going to take a short break and then we will come back. All right, we are back. Um, something you had brought up earlier, I mm. wanted to talk about was um, you. You were talking about just the people who um, might not have a chance to to make it, and um, mm. you just hoping you inspire you know these kinds of people and everything and yeah. There is an artist who was in the Memphis area, and I say was because he passed away, I want to say, a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. His name is YNC Capo, mm-hmm. and I found out about him because um, I tell people that I work with at Owens Corning, I, t- I tell them I rap. And then um, then they were like, hey, do you know um, YNC Capo? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no. And they're like, uh, that's somebody's son who works here. And I oh, was like- shit. Oh, snap. So I went and talked to him, and um, they're like, yeah, my son, he raps, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah, he's pretty good. And kids got millions of views, mm. millions of views on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm like, yeah, yeah, just tell him, hit me up, and uh, and we'll talk. And, uh, you know, start start working together. I can send him some beats, and he can come record with me, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, I, I, I got to send him to you because um, he – He's starting to work with these people, and she's like, "I'm managing him, and I'm, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing for him and stuff like that. And mm. sometimes he don't want me doing stuff because mm. you know it's, it's his parents. So, right. <laughs> um, I was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll, I'll talk to him." Well, I want to say it, it was maybe half a year or a year after we had had those conversations. I think his car got stolen, and the same night uh somebody had killed him they had like killed him stole his car all that kind of stuff and i mean he he had been getting flown out to like miami and all these kind of places by labels because they were trying to you know sign him and stuff like that i I think they did sign him to something but i was just like dear lord like by no means could i have made him a star immediately with damaged media group but I could have kept him away from whatever situation. Like he might've been here instead of doing what he was doing that night. You know what I mean? So those types of things is, those are what I think about. You know, you were talking about things that you think about before you go to bed. Yeah. Those are the types of things I think about. It's like, what person in this area could I have stopped from doing something dumb just by having them in the studio? And I've got a, one of my best friends now. I met him through um, Full Sail University Online. And he was in my first class I took. And, um, I mean, he used to be a dope boy, like, selling drugs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he, he's got a girl and, some, and a kid. And um, he was telling me, he was like, man, before I met you, like, I was, I was done with music just because, like, it wasn't really popping, like you know. I, w- I wasn't 
getting to where I wanted to be. Like he was doing good, but he wasn't getting to where he wanted to be and just life in general. And he was like, you, you've really helped me like get back into music and start doing the right thing. He was like, this whole living by the law is hard. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, it's rough, but I don't have to look over my shoulder anymore. And I ain't worried about cops anymore. I'm all legal. And like, no, I ain't doing nothing wrong. He was like, it's, it's tough, but it feels good. It feels better than what I was doing. Yeah. And he's like, you really helped me with that. And just like also helped me with my music career. Like you helped me with that too. Like you revived that. Cause he was like, I was done with music. I'm like, man, that's, if I died right now, I'm good. Yeah. Because just because you said that, like I, just to say that I helped you restart something you really wanted to do mm-hmm. because you were going to stop yourself. I, I helped revive your career and knowing that you are cool with living life the right way by not, you know, doing illegal stuff all the time and having to look over your shoulder. And, I mean, you got a girl and a kid, like you don't want that kind of stuff around mm-hmm. them and everything. And I was like, man, that's, that's, that's what I live for is to be able to help people do that kind of stuff. Yeah, man. You know, like people's pleasures be having their priorities all fucked up a lot of the time, you know, People's sexual pleasures, people's criminal pleasures. Like, you know, if you don't think that, you know what I'm saying, like doing crime gives people pleasure, like it definitely does. There's that shit can be fun to people. Yeah. You know, and um, it, it takes. I, I can't get personal on that. It it takes as far as like you know, my personal life, n- not my life, but like other people's stuff. But like it, it's like man, like it, I always I told you like I think about psychology when I think about music and how this affects us and what we like. Like I put it like this: like <laughs> you don't think like Cardi B, Megan making these songs about like fuck these niggas, throw some ass, is affecting these women's psychology. You're absolutely wrong. They're the role models. You know, if you don't think that niggas talking about constantly killing motherfuckers and like all this other stuff, like I always think about like why do they always push these artists, rap artists out of Memphis who are constantly talking about murdering and robbing motherfuckers all the time? We've never had an artist out of Memphis who talked about something other than that shit. Mm. And if they did at thousands of dollars. They got all this, all these opportunities waiting for them. Let's see, that's kind of what I talked about, bro. Like, you know, like I'm reading, a, I'm, I'm about to start a book called Atomic Habits mm-hmm. right now by a man named James Clear. You know, I did my research on the book and I was like, this might be something good to, to read. And essentially what it talks about is like taking all your habits that you usually do and like reforming them into like better habits or whatever, better ways to like, you know, benefit you, benefit like your workflow or your business or your relationships or whatever it is. So like, you know, like I I always think about that and that's essentially like how I want to reach people. In the sense that, like, man, they don't have to go about doing things the way they're doing it. There's always another way. If you if somebody tells you there ain't no other option but to do this shit, then you're absolutely wrong. So, like, you know, um, I try to 
press that into people. And uh, I, I press on to people to do their research about whatever industry, whether it's you want to make some clothes or jewelry or make music or get into technology or whatever. Do your research, man. There's books out there. Do it yourself. You're not stupid. Stop being stupid and do it yourself. Figure it out. It's so many, man. We got the internet. We got libraries. We got books. We got all that shit. We got Amazon. We, bro, you could order books online. Them hoes will show up at your front door. <laughs> like, bro, like, fuck. Do the research. Mm-hmm. We got YouTube. We never had YouTube. Our parents didn't have that shit. They had to figure all that shit out for themselves. Y'all not idiots. So don't be idiots. Figure it out. There's always another way. We got too many options now, bro. You know? And people choose to do that shit because it's fun. Or it makes them look a certain way for clout. They do shit for clout. Get their boobs done and titties done and, and, and ass done for clout. Pop pop out some guns. Show some money for clout. All that stupid ass shit. So a nigga can rob you? For what? What was it worth? I don't know, man. Like I, I'm just, I'm a cut from a different cloth. I wasn't raised to be like that. I wasn't raised to be no showy ass nigga. I know I got my little chains and rings and all the other shit. That's a genetic thing, man. I don't know. I don't know how to speak on that. Kings my granddad, did too. my granddad, <laughs> my granddad used to wear chains and rings and watches and hats and all that kind of shit too. You know what I'm saying? That's just the cloth I'm cut from. But I ain't gonna be super showy with that shit. I ain't gonna buy like if I ever get a music deal, I ain't finna buy a bunch of diamonds and cars and big ass houses and all that shit. I'm gonna live humbly. In the middle of nowhere when nobody can find me. That should be like the witness protection program. <laughs> Fuck you, man. We <laughs> got time for y'all niggas. You know, I got a menial car, so nobody would like think to I mean, I still got I got carjacked at one point. But I but but like, you know, I have a menial type car, so nobody would even think to get my ass off of that shit. Like for what? You know what I'm saying? Who am I trying to impress? I ain't gonna get no shit like that till I get old and I'm I got I got guns like Scarface. Fuck you <laughs> mean. So, you know, I believe in guns, but like I just don't believe in motherfuckers showing them hoes off for clout. So for for some likes. Some likes. For some likes, nigga. On all levels. I don't know, bro. I'm just saying with that shit. <laughs> yeah, I think that's definitely a generational thing. I well, I mean, there's obviously some people who are older who do that types of thing, but I think they do it more as like because they've been living it, and younger people will do it even if they haven't been living it. They'll do it because they're like, oh, well, this looks entertaining. I'll, I'll do it. But see, like, I mean, like, man, like, people got to defy what their environment is like. Especially if it doesn't live up to the standards of what they expect them to be or want them to be, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Just because I seen, like I, I told you, I seen they get shot in the face. Do am I out here strapped up, ready to shoot a motherfucker in the face? No, like I mean, I was like, I'm trying to get away from that shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I don't, I don't want no parts of that. You know, and it ain't because I'm scary. It ain't because none of that shit. It's just like, bro, it's just a simple decision. Like I just choose not to deal with that. 
And like you said, bro was talking about, man, I ain't got to look over my shoulder. I ain't got to worry about people fucking me over. I ain't got to worry about none of that shit. It's a different choice. You can choose to look over your shoulder or not. Live or die. That's the choice. You know, I choose to live. And if you ain't fucking with that, you must be celibate. (laughs) (laughs) It's a sense of freedom, man. Yeah. the, The freedom to... To live your life and just be so, you know, freely thinking, freely moving, freely acting. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's all I've ever known. You know, I've always lived a straight and narrow life. So mm-hmm. when I see other people doing dumb stuff, I'm like, yo, yo, what are you doing right now? <laughs> you know, the thing is people, it's like, I, I don't blame them for the psychologically speaking, and this is the way I explain everything, it's like, hang on front, bro. When it comes to black men, we don't get a chance to speak on these kinds of things. We only talk about these kinds of things in the barbershop. But like, people don't understand, like I was talking about earlier, the trauma that we have to deal with. We have to, having everyone say that they don't care about you or you're not needed every day affects you. Having everybody tell you that, like, man, like, I'd much rather blah, 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 you broke. You know what I'm saying? Even if you ain't broke, you still, like, be like, you know, everybody's everybody's mission in getting a job is to not be broke and to not be living under a bridge somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? For you to call a motherfucker broke and all this other shit, it's just like, it's kind of weird. It's like, I don't know. I feel like that's some projection shit going on. You feel like you broke, so you got to call a motherfucker broke. But, like... To 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 not be wanted by people that look like you or feel like you're needed or feel like you're available emotionally for somebody that looks like you and you know and they don't even talk to you. It's like I don't know. It takes you to places you don't want to go, and like you know, and these experiences that we have, like I said, is you have to be a person and you have to deal with your experiences and where they've led you to and all that stuff. Like, I don't blame motherfuckers for 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 wanting to flash guns sometimes. I don't understand it because mm. that's not my experience. Yeah. Because I chose a different route. But, like, at a time, I just be like, man, like, man, you don't have to do that. But, like, I don't know what led to that decision for them to do that. For them, for them to feel like they had to do that. Like when I got shot at, I was just like, I spent the better, you know, better half of like a week just thinking to myself, like, man, what made them want to shoot at me? And I didn't even know. I didn't know who they were. Mm-hmm. I had no dealings with those people. What are they doing outside at three o'clock in the morning, sitting on a corner, holding a chopper for? What, what was they into? They must have been terrified. And then I snapped back. I was like, these motherfuckers need to be in jail. <laughs> you know, I don't know, man. Like, but but that's, that is the thought process of how our, um, was it, not the judicial system. I guess the judicial system uh-huh. should operate. Not, oh, we should put them in jail and have them rot for life. 
We should uh, now, rehabilitate them. Yeah. Now, granted, there are some people who <laughs> who need to, but no, I, um, I think the first step is, well, why did they do that? That's that should be our system's first thought is we they take all all black people they're just like oh they're just you know another statistic where they just went and robbed these people and so yep let's just give them the time we give everybody else it's like well hold on where are they from why are they in that situation but what did you say it's the justice what just their system it's a system yeah. They've got a preset process. All of this, <laughs> all of this, life, whatever, it's all a system. It's the solar what? System. See what I mean? All of this is a system. Systems work and process and have predecessors to lead them to places where they end up to the, into the present. All of this is a system. This is preordained, you know, and they felt like they they worked on it and worked on it. Our country is relatively young in comparison to other countries. This shit is just two hundred years old. Yeah, two hundred plus years old. Like I mean, like we're just figuring a lot of this shit out. And there are gonna be some casualties and a lot of bullshit that comes before we kind of have it finely tuned. I don't think police shootings are going anywhere. Any time soon amongst innocent unarmed black teenagers or mothers or fathers or uncles or aunts or grandmothers or grandfathers or whatever. That shit's not going anywhere anytime soon. It's going to take some time to Mm. figure this out. I'm not saying it shouldn't cease now, but we're fighting that fight to make it cease now. It's going to take some time though. You know, so like when I see that kind of stuff, like I just be like, man, they they don't understand yet. You know, like whenever I see somebody get angry and want to be an activist, I call them woke activists. Because, <laughs> nigga. Ooh, I'm sorry. I feel how I feel about them motherfuckers. Because, like, oh. sometimes they, they pull. Only my only issue with them is, like, they pull from. They don't even pull from any resources. They pull from emotion. Mm-hmm. This needs to stop now. Da, 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 da. But like, I'm like, look at history. You think this shit going anywhere anytime soon? Yeah. My biggest problem with people like that is uh, I love the phrase, keep that same energy, when it comes to those kind of people. Because exactly. it's like- You have to apply what you apply to one thing, it has to apply to everything else. So we had everybody you know, doing all those things for Black Lives Matter, but like, where you at now? Compared to when um, F- Floyd died, like should somebody die for these things to happen? That that's my point. Is how come sh- we're not active in any other areas? Like I mean, like look, I support I support the notion of Black Lives Matter, but man, these Black Lives Matter leaders or whatever you want to call them, man, they bought Bentleys and the mansions and all that bullshit with the money that we use to fucking help other the families of the victims and stuff like that. And it's just not used properly. Yeah. Like instead of putting money into that, we need to put money into the politics of it all. Change the system. And the only thing these this system understands is money. That's the only way to affect shit. If we stop buying Coca-Cola today, we'll fuck some shit up. Yeah. If we stop buying <laughs> You know, Apple products today, we will fuck some shit up. But see, these are our addictions. Mm-hmm. They make these things, the marketing team makes these these things so 
so fucking they 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 make us so addicted to it like we don't want to give it up. The machine I mean, shit, got, is going. It's, yeah, it's going and go. It's a well-oiled machine. We got to be just as oiled and ready to go. And like people don't understand that. Like they're not willing to sacrifice real shit. Shit that may affect our lives or whatever. People stop getting on the buses to boycott the buses. Can't hop on the bus and wear an outfit that says, I don't fuck with this shit. You got to hop off the bus and affect their system. Yeah. Affect the way that they make money. So, you know. There was a, a picture going around. I think it was like this girl who was like in a Starbucks with like, she was like on her Apple laptop and- mm-hmm. Um, had her AirPods in, and I think she was just, they had her like tweeting or something, and she was just talking about how she hates capitalism and stuff. <laughs> it's like, yo. <laughs> See what I mean? It's the okie doke. That's what I call it. I call that shit the okie doke, bro, and I ain't falling for that shit. You know, if I want to affect shit, like, you know, I'm just going to, like, it's, it's kind of like, man, people hate me for this shit right now. <laughs> It's like when everybody hopped on Instagram and posted that black fucking oh the black picture yeah. picture or whatever like I'm with black life but it's like bro just don't just delete the app. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guilty of it too, but see there were things I didn't understand at that time. It took me a while to get it, but like I said, all that shit comes from research. You know, mm. I read you know a couple of books from the '70s that kind of got me into that or whatever. I listened to debates with Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King was a gangster toward the end of his life. Don't let him fool you. People like to call him Uncle Tom and all that other bullshit. But he was just like, we ain't going to buy Coca-Cola. <laughs> like He was doing shit like that. Was, and then that's why they shot him. Malcolm was talking about <laughs> separating himself, and they shot his ass. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like They man. always... There's a there's a fear that I always feel like there's a fear that like man if somebody stands up and really say some shit that might hurt the system the system reacts in retaliation. I mean, you heard all those stories about all those people who've like invented stuff and then died. Yeah, like, of course. So, so Tesla was one of them. Yeah. Uh, back in like the I want to say it was like the 1800s. Please, somebody look this up and correct me. Mm-hmm. But. Tesla had made like this crazy, it was a borderline like ray gun from Rayman that could like kill a ton of people and like the military wanted it from him and some weird stuff went on. And then he also wanted to make like free Wi-Fi mm. back in like, it was literally the, the 80s, late, late 1800s, yeah. it's the 1800s. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. early 1900s. Yeah. Like, yeah. Crazy stuff like free Wi Fi for everybody, mm-hmm. free internet, essentially free yeah. internet for everybody, and yeah. the new ends up dead. Yeah, uh, the guy who there's a guy who invented a car that runs on water, mm-hmm. dead, mm-hmm. dead. <laughs> killed him, and it doesn't make any sense. Like, I mean, like, it's like it's almost like, bro, we've been on, we had the cure for cancer. Oh, yeah, there's a there's it only a, took pennies to make, but since they couldn't profit off of it. Make a huge profit. They never like endorsed it or put money behind it, and like those kinds of things really make me sad and make me mad. And I'd just be like, bro, my uncle will still be here, and he have a lot to give to me, like just about life shit and how to live and all this other kind of stuff. He was a doctor, you know. He was a ironically, he was an oncologist, mm. he was a cancer doctor. 
So like, you know, it like I, I would be able to gain a lot of information from him. He was well connected. And, you know, he's a well-known doctor. I think he has, like, a small street named after him. Mm. You know, his name was William Faulkner. And, like, it, it just, it's a it's a travesty. Like like I said, these are, the, these are the kinds of people people look down on or, like, don't take into consideration when they're, like, fucking people over. And they're so worried about making sure the system is put in, put in place. Like, they're not thinking about people. Your power is in people. If anybody proves that shit, Dave Chappelle proves that shit. Mm. <laughs> yeah. He's like, don't watch my Netflix special. And we didn't, and then boom. You know, he proved it. And people still have to understand that, you know, I paralyzing people. It's going to take some time, like I said, you know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think it's going to happen overnight, but we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, there's a a documentary actually about that guy who had borderline cured cancer, and it's impossible to find. Like somebody told me about it, and I've been looking for it. I can't find it. How Uh crazy is that? First of all, like Uh if you wanted to see any video of Megan the Stallion or (laughs) Cardi B, you can find it. But I can't find a whole documentary about a dude who cured cancer and. Nobody's talking about it, like, because they they offed him too, probably. What's so. weird is like I think about somebody like Nipsey Hussle, like in the way that you described it. Like, I was seeing all these other artists push through into my feed, artists that other people liked, whatever. You know, the algorithm works the way it does, but Nipsey didn't have the same subject matter as most artists. Mm-hmm. You know, and like because of that reason, I didn't hear about Nipsey until he was murdered. Yeah. Same. And I was like, it made me upset and sad that I didn't hear about him until that time because of the way that things are. It's like, bro, am I only to get negative information or negative be fed this negative bullshit all the time just because people who don't like like it's like when Dolph died, like we didn't hear about all this mission work this motherfucker was doing. Mm. Outside of his m- music and the lyrics and all that other kind of stuff, like I said, they don't care about sh- that kind of shit until you die. Yeah, it's a, like I said, it's a, it's that's just the way things are, you know. And you could be upset that the way things are and cry about it, or you could do something about it. What are you gonna do? What are we going to do? Yeah, <laughs> you know. So like that's why I rap the way I do. That's why I talk about the shit I talk about. That's why I am the way I am. And uh, a lot of times, like, you know, I, I question a lot of these musicians' motives. Um, not so much like, you know, like I said, there's some artists that are for fun, there's some artists that are for real. Mm. You know, so like, um, I understand like your market is for fun and that's okay. You know, but like, Man, that's so we could help so many people, like with the reach that you have, but like it's not their mission to help people. They're for fun. And I get it. Ass shaking and gun toting is king right now. You know, and that's okay. Being a tough motherfucker, that's king right now. People respect those people because they don't take no shit. Mm. I can get it. You know, I understand. You know, they ain't to be trifled with. They some real motherfuckers. Like, you know, like not only say real, but like they just some they just some motherfuckers who 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 are all about their survival, 
you know, who want to be able to wake up every day, do what they feel like or whatever. That's why they, that was most, that's most people's drive to do that. But, you know what I'm saying? You can't knock people who ain't talking about that shit and ain't trying to go that route. Like, that's why Tyler had such a hard time trying to break through into this industry because, like, he wasn't on that shit when he was first coming in, you know? And Nipsey wasn't on that shit. Like, you know, like, I've heard about other artists from other cities that were talking about the opposite of what Nipsey was talking about, man. Like, you listen to him and what he stood for and what he what he where his mind was. Like, they don't want us to know shit like that. Mm. All this shit is being controlled. Somebody's turning the knobs. They call it the algorithm now. Yeah. You know? That's just the name for it. Yeah. So I don't know. You choose. I never thought about that. Like we talk about the algorithm of Instagram, and it's like, oh, my my post is being shadow banned and stuff like that. People mm-hmm. are getting shadow banned in real life. Real life. That's not even yeah. social media. That's real life. Mm-hmm. Where you're trying to get your agenda across, a pure, you know, pure intentions type thing, but people this, don't want to hear it. This shit goes by many names. They call it the algorithm. I call it marketing. You know, um, or not necessarily marketing, like, is whatever you produce, like, you know what I'm saying? There's all, there's, it can always be marketed, but like, as far as like, as far as like, like, I always, I almost blame these record companies. Hmm. They have the most control. They're the ones divvying out money and, you know, all that kind of stuff to, like, these artists and, man, shit. Like, Nas said a long time ago in an interview, he was like, man, this white dude came up to me and was like, hey, man, you want $10,000 to rap? He was like, fuck yeah, where do I sign? A lot of artists from the 90s got fucked over like that. TLC, all these motherfuckers, like, they got knocked over. They got fucked over because they signed these contracts because somebody promised them some temporary-ass money. Mm-hmm. And that ain't not owning their masters, their whatever. You know what I'm saying? The the royalties, they're not coming in the way that they want them to. You know, shit, people getting on Glorilla ass. It was like, where's your lawyer? I'm like, I'm sure she had a lawyer. That little video was just for fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was for show. That was just to show that, hey, you know, I've seen people set up cameras and 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 rent limos and all that shit just for the sake of presenting themselves as as somebody that's like to be respected and looked at and all that other kind of stuff. So like, you know, I've seen that happen before. But like people just have to realize, man, all this shit is fabricated. Yeah. You know, a lot of this shit is fabricated for show, for fun, to make you look. Who's this motherfucker hopping out the limo? Who's this person hopping jumping into a plane, sign with with Yo Gotti? Like, you know, that shit is that shit is it's, it's marketing. That shit don't happen in real, real life. Yeah. You know, like, I handle my business in private. And you want to know about me, you got to catch me on an off day, motherfucker. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an enigma in a sense. You know, the funny thing is, it's like, it's really just the expensive things that catch people's attention. Because, so let's say, you know, she was in an, uh, they had a they had a jet, a private jet that she walked up on, and um, there was a Bentley hanging outside the jet and all that stuff. Like a Bentley's just a car; mm-hmm. it gets you from A to B. Mm-hmm. A Honda Civic does the same thing. Mm-hmm. 
A jet, a lot of people have been on an airplane before. Uh-huh. Does the same thing. Gets you from A to B. Uh-huh. Are they nicer versions of the things I said earlier? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Still do the same thing that the rest of us have done. <laughs> right, right. So it's, it's just an interesting thing of breaking it down to what, um, I guess, the normal, normal everyday person. Like, you can do the things that other people are doing. You're just not doing it as lavishly as they might be doing it. But who cares? I, I actually was listening to a podcast with the um, the guy who started, um, I think it was Uber. It's either Uber or um, Lyft or one of those. Mm-hmm. But he started that, I think he was in college and worked at a... Um, no, he so he started the business, but he wasn't sure how to do delivery. That's what it was. He mm. wasn't sure how to do delivery for food and everything. So him and like his friend started working at a pizza restaurant doing deliveries. Uh-huh. They became the delivery driver just to figure out how to deliver food. That's beautiful. Yeah, I was like, that's crazy. This is what I call working to learn and not to earn. Yeah. And look at where they are now. Yeah. This is this is why we're supposed to. If you, like, the one thing I learned at the end of my <clears throat> college career is that, like, we're not in college to get jobs. We're in college to create jobs. Mm. This is why college, like, if you want to call college a scam or whatever, whatever, you can make that money back with whatever career you create. For other people, Mm -hmm. you have to create your system within business. Businesses have systems. They're always a system. From the the script that you create to talk to clients, to the way you set up the business from the hierarchy on down to, to... Whatever. You know what I'm saying? The way you make people, the customer feel when they walk away. It's all a system. You know, you have to create your ecosystem. I like to call them ecosystems because they're much more organic. But like, you know, the ecosystem or whatever that is. So like, you know, when I think about those things, man, like I have nothing but respect for those people. You know, that's why I'm in the industry. I have goals and missions that I'm trying to do. And I'm not just working in my jobs just to work there. I'm learning things. I'm taking things away from my work. Yeah. Like how an organization works. Yeah. Like if you're going to jump into it, like people get on my ass about being at a nine to five or whatever. Like I'd be like, bro, you know how much shit I learned when I was on the job? How people act. How people act, what to take from it, like what to, how how this works, how it's supposed to work, Mm -hmm. the hierarchy or whatever. People have to fulfill these positions. Yeah. You know, like. And how to scale things. Like if, if I didn't work at my job, I wouldn't know like th- there's a small scheme of thing like certain people have certain positions throughout the plant mm-hmm. but like in the grand scheme of things there's like a about 80 to 100 people that work at that plant mm-hmm. so not only do i understand how like the maintenance people work the production people work the the quality people work like mm-hmm. they have their own sections and i understand how their small areas work right. and then now i also understand how they all work as a whole in the grand scheme of things. But if I'd never, you know, worked in that environment, I wouldn't understand how that works. So now, you know, if I grow damage media group to a hundred people, 
Mm-hmm. I already know how to deal with that exactly. because I've worked in an organization like that. Now, I was also in the Air Force with thousands of people, but mm-hmm. I don't get to see how that all gets put together the same way I get to do it at my job. So, mm-hmm. see, If you want to branch off and do something that you like to do and create that same system or build a system around the system that you were currently involved in, yeah, you can do that. Absolutely. Because you have experience. You know, that's the point of it all, you know. I have dreams and goals and things I want to do or whatever, and I'm going to base it around the systems that I learn from, essentially. So, yeah, I respect that a lot, man. Like, that's that's some cold shit. You know, nobody was thinking about that shit. You know, how to apply delivery system through an app in a sense like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, the, 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 the market... Then like you know like oh you can you can buy online or download the Pizza Hut app or whatever but like nobody was like okay what well, if we did that shit for every every fucking <laughs> you know like that is some cold ass shit yeah that's gangster it is you know that's what I call gangster that's some cold shit you got to strike oil where it's never been struck before ladies mm. and gentlemen you have to because if you don't and then you don't franchise it. And make it go to different areas, make it reachable and attainable for everybody else. You're gonna be fucked. Everybody wanna talk about being entrepreneurs. I'm reading this book. Oh, I just finished this book today, talking about why small businesses fail and what to do about it. Mm. You know, like it's called The E Myth uh, by Gerber, 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 Michael E. Gerber, I believe it is. Yeah. You know, and he's just talking about like, bro, like the way you set up businesses, you have to create a system for Mm. it to work. You have to get people, not necessarily people that have 20 years experience in the positions that you want them to fill. Like if you want VP of marketing, don't go get a guy who's been doing VP of marketing for 20 years. Find somebody who's never done the work before and like train them up into, you know, the positions you want them to fulfill. You know, because those VPs will be they're gonna be expensive. Mm. <laughs> you won't be able to pay for it. You know, like find somebody that's like more in your league and like, you know, Ray Kroc did the same thing. Have you ever watched the founder before? <laughs> that's bro, a great you see movie. what I'm saying? You see how he did with yeah. those managers? You know, like them the people he wanted as managers, they wouldn't they didn't give a shit because they were like, Motherfucker, we about money. We don't give a shit about this. <laughs> and then he was like, he found the people that was like, Oh man, I just want to feed my kids, man. That's all I care about. I have a family to feed. And he hired those people to be McDonald's managers. And look where that shit took him. Yeah. You know? There's a lesson that I, I I realized that today when I was finishing up the book, I was like, yo, there's a pattern. Of that going on, like I saw that in the movie, I saw I read this in this book. Like, yo, you have to recognize trends and act on those trends. So, this is some free game, y'all. <laughs> I'm figuring that shit out, but I'm definitely gonna apply it. It's not enough to just get game, it's, you gotta apply that shit too. So, yeah, that's that's what a lot of people fail to do is have that action after they get the knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's the difference between if if you ever wonder why some people are just coaches mm-hmm. or just trainers mm-hmm. is because they just can't do the action. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a phrase when you can't do you teach. teach yeah. So that's and you you know what's interesting like the kind of position that I found myself in is that like I could definitely do, but I took a break away from doing to teach. 
But then the people that I try to convince when I teach don't believe in me because they think that I'm teaching because I can't do. Mm. So I step the fuck away from teaching and I'm just <laughs> going to do. Mm. You will see <laughs> that I'm serious about this shit. And I mean what I say and that this system works. But, you know, I'm not going to try to convince anybody else that this system works. I'm just going to create this ecosystem myself. So. You're like the old grandmaster that nobody thinks can move well, and then does some kung fu on. There's no seriously. There's a I love that my like I'm not a, I'm not super huge on anime. Like I you know like most people are. Like I like watching certain anime shows, but the ones I like are usually like uh, I like them for a reason. I like mm. them because when it comes to the diaspora of black people, they don't have them cooning out. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have them like whatever. They don't have like the big picking any lips with the pink lips with the you know bug eyes and act them have them acting all out of character. They're just like regular people. Mm-hmm. And they could be dark skinned or whatever. So like um there's one I really like called Samurai Champloo. And mm-hmm. at the very, very end there's a man named Kagatori Karia. And like he basically he's like a florist or something like that. He pays attention to like these sunflowers a lot. He tends to them or whatever. And like, you know, they they called on this man to go hunt down the, the samurais, the main characters of the show, to kill them because they were causing so many problems. And like he was tending to the flowers and he was talking about flowers the whole time. They were talking about like killing these guys. And it was like, is this the guy that y'all want? And he was like, yo. This motherfucker is the most deadliest man that you've ever seen in your life. Do not fuck with him. You know, type shit. And like, that's me. I'm the guy tending the flowers, like talking about flowers, but the flowers are just a metaphor Mm. for how deadly I really am and can be. So, you know, I I like that. I, I like that. That's how I look at myself. He was really trying to tell them like... In a, in metaphorically, like nobody can fuck with me, mm. and that there's gonna be a lot of blood shit, and hiring me is gonna be a problem because I don't listen to nobody but me, and I'm gonna do this the way I see fit. And man, it was the cold. His whole speech, it was just so cold. Like you know, I really like that shit. You know, I wish more people saw themselves like that, but it's not for everybody to see themselves like that. But I'm definitely Kagatori Kyrie. That's how I see myself, the Sunflower Samurai. Mm. Uh, That's a good place to end this, man. Um, go ahead and tell everybody how they can reach you, uh, how they can find your stuff, and okay. um, all that good stuff. For sure. Yeah, man. Like You can reach me at uh, Instagram and Twitter at I am underscore MattLucas.com. Uh, TikTok the same way, uh, or you go to my website, www.iammattlucas.com to get any exclusive music videos, content, blogs, whatever. I, I spill my guts on that website too. So like, you know, you guys, if any any, any anything brand new is coming from me, definitely go there. Um, be a patron, buy some merch because it's fun. When I drop a, another music video, it's coming out soon. I'm working on a project right now. It's going to be really, really live. I don't want to get into what it is, but it's definitely coming. So, uh, I want to be a part out. of that, by the way. I want to help you out. I'm with it. Well, whatever I can do. Let's do it. Shit. <laughs> I'm with it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you for everybody for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. See you guys.